0: Welcome to Coming Work with Whitley. Here in this podcast, we have mental health, life lessons, mindset, growth, and the kinds of storytelling. Together, we'll laugh, we'll cry, and everything in between. I'm your host, Whitley Rogers. I'm a certified life coach and mental health advocate. I'm also a survivor of sexual and mental abuse. I'm here to open up those conversations that are normally uncomfortable or hush-hush in society. Keep listening for bits and pieces of my personal journey and insights along with other interviewees. This is a trigger warning to preface this episode. This episode may include explicit content, graphic details, or heavier, sensitive, and mature topics. Listen at your own risk and take precaution if you suffer with a mood or mental disorder, suicidal ideation or a victim of abuse, rape, or trauma. The following episode could contain such content. The last thing I want is for this episode to trigger or provoke negative thoughts or feelings for you. All right. I am here today with a new guest with me and I am very excited to dive into this subject because it's something that hits close to home for me and I'm very passionate about. So I'm excited to bring another expert and I will let her introduce herself since we are doing it through Zoom and I don't know you personally. What is your story and who are you?
1: Well, my first name is Uchen and my last name is Umes, but I go by Dr. Lulu, L-U-L-U. I'm a board certified pediatrician and I'm a mom. So I go by AKA the mom <laughs> Both of them are registered trademarks in the United States. So it's a done deal with that. In other words, you can't borrow it and you can't use it. <laughs> but, so I am a pediatrician and I'm coming up in July of next year on 30 years as the pediatrician. And so a couple of years ago, I had a seven year old patient of mine attempt to hang himself twice. Mm. And that was in the heels of a 15 year old who had killed himself. And a few years before that in 2000, a resident physician, friend, colleague of mine who had killed herself. So I just started asking myself, well, you know, what's the deal with people killing themselves? And you know, I just when I was in medical school in the 80s, nobody ever talked about suicide. It was just like, right. I decided to just see if I could start looking into, well, even if adults want to kill themselves, not that it's okay, but why would kids want to kill themselves? Right. That was the bigger one. And so my son, because I came home, I think he said, mom, you look like you've seen a ghost. I said, yes, I feel like I've seen a ghost. Mm-hmm. And they said, What are you going to do about it? I said, you know, I don't really know what I'm going to do about it. Then we now decided... What if I just go to his school and speak to the kids about bullying and stuff like that? He suggested that. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I could do that. The place I worked at, I asked him if I could have a day off every week to go to the schools and talk about stuff. And they were like, no, no, we need you to work full time. And I was like, no, no, you don't. And so essentially, (laughs) without a new job, I just like, No, I'm gonna go. I'm done with being a pediatrician. I'm just. I need to figure out why this is bigger than pediatrics. This is bigger than me. Mm -hmm. It's just too big. If there's no kids in the future to inherit the earth, then what are we doing? Right. So anyway, so long story short, I launched my speaking business by just doing Facebook lives and just drawing people's attention to this. Like, did you know that so many kids were killing themselves so many times and so many minutes or whatever? And it was like, what? You're No kidding. So then, I, the more I started looking into it, I said, you know, maybe I could write a book about this because so many people really don't know about it. Right. And so one thing led to the other, and I'm on my fourth book now, and I'm just, I'm just loving it. So essentially, I speak on youth suicide prevention. I speak wherever two or three people are gathered and and want to have the information, I'm I'm ready to teach them mainly what role we play in youth suicide and what role we play in preventing youth suicide. Most people don't realize that day-to-day things can trigger kids to cut themselves or hang themselves or shoot themselves if their father has a gun or their mother has a gun and they have access to it. Mm -hmm. So it's not quite as complicated as mental illness, which is what most people think. And that's the pr- the problem is everyone thinks it's mental illness, but really it's more than that. I like to say mental anguish, which mm. is a little bit different than mental illness. Clinically speaking, mental illness is schizophrenia, anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, But what caused depression? Because only so many percentage of the community have the genetic kind of familial mental illness. But if you see a child who's been bullied in school and they start acting out they're not mentally ill they are being bullied. If a child is being molested by their parents or whatever, I don't know, the child has observed their mother as a victim of domestic abuse or domestic violence, or their father killed their mother, or their mother killed their father, their father went to jail, or there's substance abuse, or there's emotional neglect. All of those features of ACE, which is adverse childhood experiences, if a child observes those, we call them ACEs, about 10 factors that I kind of listed a few of them already. Incarceration, a history of suicide in the family or a major loss of a loved one, emotional detachment, parental abuse, parental divorce, parental neglect, things like that cause emotional pain, which the child can manifest anyhow that their body chooses to manifest trauma. And then as they get older, the studies have shown that they have a high rate of Suicide, the more the check off those factors of the list. So if you get a child who is happy and playful at four and suddenly at 14, maybe he hasn't happens to be a black boy, we're gonna call AJ, Mm -hmm. and he, because he's black, the police, you know, is looking for him in America, at least in Texas, sure, and trying to arrest and kill all black people, so to say, because that's what it looks like. If that child starts manifesting that trauma. Well, all you do is take him to the doctor and the doctor puts him on medication. Right. You're further victimizing the victim and mm-hmm. not really taking care of what happened. And so what I've found is if you ask yourself, what's my role in it? Most people don't want to ask themselves, what's their role? Because they don't want to believe that they have a role to play. The gentleman across the street from our house, two houses to the left, shot himself in July, I think, or in August. My boys knew him. He's, he was the same age as my middle son. And they knew him because they went to school with him because we've lived here for for a little while. I didn't know him. But when they started describing him to me, I said, you know what? Oh, my God. I think I knew there was a kid, a tall kid. I used to wear dark clothes and used to walk. They're like, yeah, that's him. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I didn't even know he lived in our street. But imagine the fact that I knew I've I've seen such a child before, but I never stopped to ask him how he's doing or what was going on. Only for me to find out that when he had a history of cutting, he had a history of depression, and his parents had a gun in the house. So we all have to accept our roles in it. We cannot just look the other way and just call it mental illness and just go about our business. If you go really go into the WHO prediction paperwork, you see that relationship issues top mental illness as the number one cause of suicidal behavior. Mm, wow. Relationship means if I get divorced or if my husband is abusive or if my boyfriend break up with me or my or my spouse cheated on me or my parents, you know, do not understand me because I'm LGBT and they want to toss me out. Those are relationship problems. If you're being bullied at school, if you're being cyber bullied, cyber stuck, those are relationship related problems. It's bullying, but it's in the department of relationship. So no one is thinking about those things. And if I start becoming withdrawn or I start cutting because I was raped by my roommate's boyfriend or whatever, and of course, because there's a stigma, about the word rape period mm-hmm. or you know there's a stigma because my uncle you know i watched him rape my sister and i can't talk about it because i'm black and i'm christian and i'm supposed to be you know pray careful. all of those toxicities if i start acting out and you take me to the doctor and they put me on medicine how does the medication i'm taking fix make me unsee what i've seen right that's one. right it doesn't and get two. to the root
0: of the issue exactly
1: now there's no doubt that medication works For maybe acute crisis or something but on the long run you have to remove the child from the toxic environment Mm -hmm. you can give me all the pills you like if i go back to my toxic environment i'm going back to my toxic environment that's it i might not even want to take the pill and now i just want to take all of my pills at one time so we have to be very careful trauma is so real and really that's what i do i talk about suicide from the angle of trauma because I'm mostly talking about youth suicide, but even for adults, even adult suicides, you know, most people who kill themselves, doctors, because I'm a doctor, most doctors who kill themselves are what we call burnout. They Mm -hmm. just push to the max and doctors are not allowed to call a timeout. We're not allowed to say anything. Yeah. We're supposed to just come to work every day with our game faces on and the world judges us And we judge ourselves and our colleagues judge us. Everybody judges us. No wonder doctors have the highest rate of suicides of the white-collar jobs out there. Right. One doctor every day or 1.1 is enough because it's 400 a year. And that study was done in the 70s. So we don't really know how many it is. Since the COVID-19 happened, I know everyone has been hearing you on Facebook or on social media. You've seen... Pictures of doctors and nurses and nurses and more doctors who've just been killing themselves up and down because this is real. People yeah. are exhausted. They are overwhelmed. They are literally fried. And then they have nothing to live for. They just feel hopeless and purposeless because it's like, it's not going to end. It's an unending thing. Imagine a six year old child who's going through this. I mean, or a nine year old. So if you just Google, bullying and suicide and see how many cases of kids yeah. who kill themselves and you see the next thing you see is oh they were after being bullied incessantly or after relentless bullying or after being bullied you always see something like that i want people to to just wait before you, you jump into the big phrase mental illness what if it's not mental illness what if it's something else and we're just putting a band-aid over it because we can even if
0: you don't have a diagnosis, you can struggle with your mental health and just struggle and have hardships
1: in general. One of the highest rates of suicide, are college-age kids. They were fine before they went to college. Right. When they to college, maybe they are missing home. Maybe they are overwhelmed. Now they have to take responsibility for themselves. Maybe they live far away from home. Maybe they are huge course load maybe they don't really they're not happy with their course load maybe they got sick maybe they broke up maybe they got hiv maybe they got raped all of these things are trauma now while the antidepressants work there's no question that they work at the very beginning when you're taking the antidepressants you can actually get worse there's a black box warning it has a side effect of suicidal ideation and suicidal behavior right if you're not careful i had a, a guest on my podcast recently who's a child psychiatrist. And I quote, he said, if you do not have depression, antidepressants will not prevent you from suicide. And Mm -hmm. that is true. If you are having situational crisis, like COVID-19 hit, you lost your job. Now, you know, you feel hopeless. You go home every day, you're looking at your kids, you're looking at, you have no food. Your wife is pregnant again or whatever. I don't know, whatever combination of things that on that list that make you hopeless. That's not fair to say, oh, he just has depression. My problem is I want people to not just toss it up to just depression because it's already stigma around yeah. mental illness but if you say well you know what sir I know you lost your job how about let's get you to a coach There's some things you can do because we are all multifaceted and maybe just maybe that gentleman like my wife she didn't lose her job from COVID but during this COVID-19 she launched a business she said you know what she's very good with her hands you can do 4,000 pieces of parcels. cook she loves to bake she's so good at those things and I was like you know what girl you, you need to harness this your creativity and she launched the business making t-shirts and masks and face caps and all these things and she has everyone just emailing requests up and down because she decided to put her creativity to work and now you know she's making t-shirts of black lives matter and all Mm -hmm. kinds of things but you know she could have also just said oh i don't know what i could do but all she needed was a little bit of encouragement and a little bit of coaching okay well let's look at the things that you're good at you know something like that i'm just giving as an example So I'd rather you teach me how to fish than give me a whole load of fish, right? Because when I'm done eating the fish, I'm going to be hungry again. But if you teach me how to go and fish, chances are I'm not going to start. That's what I really want them to focus on. The fact that you can be suicidal without a prior diagnosis Mm -hmm. of mental illness. And now, thankfully, if you just look into the research, you see that there's been a lot of research trying to actually make suicidal ideation its own entity, found that many roads can lead to that. And and it's not necessarily just mental illness. As a matter of fact, 80 to 90% of people who have mental illness, who have medication and proper care from their family members and all of that goodness, they don't die by suicide. 80 to 90% of people who have mental illness do not die by suicide. Case in point, when we had the Enron scandal and a lot of people lost their investments, we had a very, very high rate of suicide at that time. Mm -hmm. Why? Those people didn't have depression before they lost all their money, but ultimately the road led to suicide. Yes, they had a depressive crisis at the moment, but prior to that, they were not mentally ill. So people don't want to go to the doctor because they don't want to be labelled with mental illness when really what's going on is maybe something or maybe toxicity at work.
0: Right, right. And
1: all they need is just ears to listen and things like that. I could go on and on, but it's <laughs> obviously I'm very passionate about it. But also yeah. we have to, at one point, stop and ask ourselves, in the last four years, suicide rates have nearly tripled. And in the last four years, prescription strength antidepressant use has also nearly quadrupled. Wow. The math cannot be right. I mean, you you don't have to believe me, but it doesn't change the fact that the math cannot be right. This is what it is.
0: And it's obvious that even though it's 2020 and we're becoming more comfortable talking openly about these things, it's becoming more popularized, that we still have a lot of misunderstandings and ignorance around suicide and mental illness and mental health. And just through the different scenarios that you've talked through, it's very apparent that we don't understand it and we don't try to treat it at the root and cut it off at the root instead of just putting these band-aid fixes over it. So I'm curious what you think are like warning signs or red flags to look out for when it comes to children or teens who may be suicidal. Because if you're unaware of these numbers or this reality, you might miss it entirely. So let's talk about that.
1: I think the main thing is when it comes to children, especially teenagers, believe it or not, suicide or suicidal behavior can mimic normal teenage behavior it can mm-hmm. to some extent. Case in point is a lot of kids, people that even just adults who have come on my podcast told me that, you know what, when I was suicidal, when they attempted suicide, I tried to make you look like an accident. Hmm. And so how many accidents are really suicides that we didn't know, right? We don't know. Right. Okay, That's one. And then most teenagers do. There's a degree of recklessness in in teen behavior. It's what teenagers do, involved in just being a teenager. So one of the symptoms of suicidal behavior is recklessness. It's a change in mood. And when I say change in mood, I mean the child can become just happier because now they've made up their mind to kill themselves and their mood actually lifts and they're happier. Mm -hmm. Or... They're depressed. It's, it's a down mood. And so the onus is on the parent to know their child, knowing that each child or each daughter or each son is different. And so you know how they're acting. That should draw your attention to them. That's not normal behavior. And then you ask the right question, what happened versus why? Because why tends to be more judgmental. What happened tends to be more inquisitive and actually curious. and like, I want to know more, more open. And then... There is substance abuse. People who get sad, depressed, upset, hopeless, they can and often do use substances to help them cope, feel better be tobacco, whatever. right? And then there's anxiety. There's a feeling of being trapped. Nothing is going to happen. Oh my goodness. I just, I can't move anymore. I can't, I can't, I just want out. And then there's withdrawal. All of those things that I mentioned at the beginning, there's a mnemonic called is path warm, I S P A T H W A R N is path warm. That mnemonic is the symptoms, suicidal behavior. The only thing that is missing in that is path warm, which is ideation, substance abuse, peace, purposelessness, A is anxiety or anger. I think T is trapped. H is hopeless. W is withdrawn. A is anxiety. So one A is anxiety. One A is anger, I think. Yeah. And then Mm -hmm. R is recklessness. And then Um, is mood-changing, so is path one. The only thing missing in that with children is they tend to, and even in adults too, they tend to start giving away their prized possessions. Like, no, I want you to have this. No, but love that. Yeah, yeah, it's okay, I just want you to have it. Yeah, but this is like your favorite jacket. That's okay, I just want you to have it. Something like that, right? One of the cardinal signs of that, and again, like I said at the beginning, just recklessness, talking about death, Asking questions about death, writing about death, drawing about death. Regular happy kids don't do that right when you see your child doing that you need to think and don't be afraid to ask oh my goodness i was so scared to ask because the child might be hoping that you ask most people that kill themselves of course we can't ask them right now but those who have attempted suicide and survived they would tell you that they really really truly want to die at that moment yes there was a strong compulsion to kill themselves but for the most part they just want the pain to go away yeah and so it's critical that we ask questions when we see stuff happening. A lot of times, that's all that is needed. Just ask questions when you see stuff happening. You don't want to ask because they think that when you ask questions, it's going to suggest suicide. Nothing could be further away from the truth. Somebody, you know, are you thinking about hurting yourself? Do you have a plan? Are you thinking about doing this like in the next 24 to 40? You have like a timeline. They will be like, oh my goodness, thank you so much for saying something. Oh, I mean, some will, you know, of course. Ultimately, you can't really save somebody from themselves. They're really, really, really made up their minds. And, you know, you can try, but at least you try. That's the thing.
0: Mm So you said it mimics like regular teenage behavior. And so do you see adults just dismissing the feelings or signs in children or teens because they think they're young, they'll bounce back fine, or like they're just a teenager, they're just moody. Do you see that just dismissal instead of like validating and acknowledging their struggles and their pain? Yeah, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I mean, I think it's a little bit of all of what you said. And then, of course, many, many, many kids. I think one out of, is it four out of five kids who attempt suicide? Four out of five teenagers who attempt suicide leave a sign. Yeah, That's what I was going to say. Four out of five. Wow. That's 80%. And maybe it's five out of five. Who knows? So four out of five of them who attempt suicide leave a sign. And in the state of Texas, there's one suicide every two hours, every two hours. Hmm. so yeah so that's a lot of people so of those people that died four out of five of them left their signs what is the answer to your question we miss the signs either because we're not looking for them or because we don't believe them i don't know hmm. I, my hope is that we don't that's why i started talking about it right Right. But numbers don't lie. That's one thing for numbers do not lie. It's not really what I think about it is what the studies have shown that four out of five kids who attempt suicide leave a sign. That's not a number that I can make up. And that means for every child that killed themselves, we miss the signs. And then studies also have shown that formerly suicidal teens who can identify one single trusted adult in their lives will thrive. So that means that for every child that kills themselves, they couldn't find an adult to trust. These are all studies. I'm just giving the information out there. It's to be interpreted however one wants to interpret it. But as a mother, naturally, my prayer is that my kids will come to me if ever, right? Should they ever. That's my prayer as a mm-hmm. mother. I hope all parents. But also the truth is most people don't want to go to talk about it because they're not going to believe me. And again, they say, oh, please, just like you said. What do you mean? You want to kill yourself? You have all these shoes. You have all these bags. You have all this. You, know, you have everything you have. If if that were the case, Hollywood would be complete today. Hollywood. They have all the money. I think, right? They get paid a lot. Yeah. Anthony McGinnis will still be here. Kate Spade will still be here. Marilyn Monroe will still be here. But those things do not make people happy. A lot of times, there's a deep psychic pain that is deeply embedded from all these things we talked about. Years of trauma, years of turmoil and abuse and bullying and racism, toxic relationships, things like that. Yeah. I had a lady on my podcast once. Her son died and she was like, they they never, nobody had any idea. Mm. In the podcast, I started asking her questions and she was like, you know, her son's lacrosse or was it her son's hockey teacher had noticed that his mood was really elevated on their way to one of their games. And then the little boy had asked his dad, you know, what happens if people kill themselves? Where do they go? (sighs) And he asked his mother, what does the Bible say about suicide? Nobody talked to each other about it. And then they had just done this Dead Poets Society, I think in their poetry class. And the poetry teacher said he was writing really dark poetry. But nobody asked each other. So studies have shown that four out of five teenagers who kill themselves leave a sign. We have to work hard. We have to
0: take it seriously.
1: And open, we just leave wide open doors for communication.
0: And I think a huge thing is breaking that myth that It's attention-seeking if you speak up, if you're suicidal, or if you have attempted suicide, or if you do ask for help, because I know I've been in that place where I think I'm going to be a burden, or I think that people will call me attention-seeking if I talk about those things, but like, we have to take it seriously. It's not something to take lightly, and it's not a joke.
1: I think there's a lot to be said about what you said. Indeed, I myself have been suicidal, Mm -hmm. but I... Came home that day and I told my wife, I said, I'm done. Like, I can't do this anymore. And she didn't think I was joking. She 110% believed me. I had just been divorced. Not just, just because I was already remarried, but... When you're divorced and you're Nigerian, there's a lot of shame and Mm -hmm. stigma about that. Being a single mom, we're trying to raise three boys by myself, so to say, and being in the military and trying to put my game face on every day, like all is well. And really, truly, I wanted to just scream into my pillow, right? Yeah. I couldn't. I had to just show my boys that I was strong and, you know, all of these things that were not even true. If only I could just scream and just ask for help. So I think the main thing is we have to believe that, number one, there is help. Thank God. There's the toll-free number, suicide hotline, 1-800-SUICIDAL, 800-273-TALK. There's a suicide text line. Then we're, we're having the 988, which is now the 911 of suicide, right? Knowing that there are other people out there. I know when the Black Panther died, I was not doing well. I wasn't suicidal, but I was really, really sad and depressed. And I think it was because of all the stuff that been happening all summer. Mm-hmm. COVID. i just had it that day so i cried for like three days straight and my sister even said dude you're you're crying more than the family and that died but the truth is i just had it with bad news upon bad news upon. and that's normal behavior and i yeah. put it on my facebook page and i was like guys i'm not doing too well and i got maybe like three thousand comments like oh my goodness how are you doing people were sending me messages people called me oh oh my god So there are people out there who love you, is what I'm saying. To whoever's listening to me, do not think you're alone. When I got divorced, there were people that said to me, well, what did he do? What could he have done? You know, well, why don't you let your sister marry him? Or why don't you go marry him? He's single, Right. right? But don't ask me, an educated woman who went to medical school, to college, if I say I'm hurting, you have no right to tell me I'm not hurting. And so, but there are people, there are always people like that, but you can't live your life for those people. You have to believe that enough people that care. And I think also in the sense of thankfully, the emotion usually comes as a wave. And then after a while, it lifts up a little bit. So what you need to do is have some things written down that you, you need to do whenever that, that feeling comes because it's, sometimes it's overpowering. Including leaving your house, getting out of the house if you have a gun. It doesn't have to be a gun, it could be a knife. It doesn't have a gun. But studies have shown that homes they have guns, they have I think twenty five percent more chance or something, eight times more likely to have a fatality in that home because of that gun. That's fine.
0: Because it's so permanent and automatic. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. The other one, maybe there's time, but none of them is, is a good thing. So I'm saying someone who is really determined will find the means. So what I say, going back to what I was saying is, if you are in that space, leave the headspace and then leave the physical space. A lot of people stay in the headspace. And your voice, your brain tells you, oh my God, you're, you're terrible. You're awful. Right. You're not enough. And then you believe it and then you buy into it and it becomes a vicious cycle. So if you can just tell yourself, N-n-n. when the going is good is when you need to write all the things that are good about you, all the things you know you're good at, people that love you, whatever, people that you can call the hotline, your psychologist, your therapist, you will have all those people at the ready because it might come again, right? And right. You don't want to put it too much on your friend because then... It can weigh down on the friendship, especially if the friend is not treat them is not um what's the word? A professional. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's not trained rather to to take care of that. But you should have a list of people to call, what you wanna do, just do anything but listen to that. Go for a drive, go for a walk, go for a run. Exercise does help with. Feel good hormones, right? It helps release those endorphins. Do something that will make you feel better. And if it means going to a friend's house for the night because you don't want to be by yourself, do that. But I think once you start empowering your own self, especially with the COVID-19, now that you cannot probably go to a friend's house, in all reality, you have to have a list of things that you can do when the time comes. What I tell my patients, my young teenagers is call five of your friends and ask them, what can you do to make their day better? What you're doing is taking your mind out of your own self and putting it into them to help them. And then becoming helpful is a good thing. It makes you feel better. And, and then you might even help them. Maybe they would have had a bad day that day. Like, oh my goodness, thank you so much for calling me or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what are your suicide prevention initiatives look like? How do you think we prevent suicide?
1: I don't know that there's one way. The long and short of it would be just increasing awareness and just not taking it for granted. Because it's people that are suicidal really truly, it's not a joke, it's not funny. Mm-hmm. Right, having the knowledge and just knowing this is real
0: Yeah. so what's your biggest yeah. takeaway or lesson learned from your work
1: I think it's just that indeed there is hope I think when I, I tell people I said yes my podcast is about suicide but really it's, it's about hope it's mainly about hope the fact that there is hope you can tell someone if you pick the right person because you know you can tell the wrong person And they will tell you the wrong thing. So if you can tell someone that all is not well, I'm not feeling too good, and hopefully that person will believe you. If you can tell yourself that it's okay to not be okay sometimes. It's just not okay to stay that way.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So just know that suicide is largely a permanent solution. I mean, or rather it's a permanent solution to a largely temporary situation. Most times, most times, not all the time, but most times the situations are temporary.
0: Right. So to kind of wrap up, what do you want listeners to take away from this episode? And what would be your ending message to someone who is struggling?
1: Again, there's hope. You know, you are loved. There are people out there who love you. If you have a diagnosis of mental illness, please, by all means, take your medication. Dr. Lulu is not telling you to not take it. But if your problem is from trauma or from a situation, maybe domestic abuse, you got to get out of that. You just, you just have to get out of that toxicity. I mean, of course, if you're a child, it's harder. That's the problem. It's much, much harder to leave an environment like that. And that is a true statement. But if you can help it, if you can get out of the environment, tell somebody, call someone. For those who pray, pray. But prayer without the action is really not going to get the job done. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's one of the things I try to dissuade people from saying, oh my goodness, just go and pray about it. Sometimes it's not that simple. I had right. a guest on my podcast who told me that her grandfather used to sexually molest her from when she was 60, when she was 16. And when he died, she didn't want to go to the funeral. And her family didn't know why. Eventually, when she broke down and told them, they were like, oh, you're not the only one. I mean, like, what? What is that? That's that's wrong. You do not see a child's innocence and assume it's just so it's, oh, it doesn't really No, It matters a lot. It's pretty bad. I think ultimately just know that there is help out there. You can call a toll-free number. You can text the text line, can do all of those things. And, and it's okay.
0: Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So if people want to reach out connect with you, work with you, where can they find you?
1: I'm getting my certification to become a motivational life coach. So essentially, my calendar link is calendly.com forward slash Dr. Lulu for my, all of my appointments. There's a free one-hour discovery call there. And of course, there's paid options as well. But my website is called teenalive.com. So that's T-E-E-N, alive.com. My practice website is youthmotivationalspace.com. So youthmotivationalspace.com. But really, if if you Google the mom, M-O-M-A, Tritian is T-R-I-C-I-A-N. If you Google that word, you will pull up all of my history or Dr. Lulu, you also pull me up. I'm on Facebook as Uchen Na Ume, or my business Facebook page is Ask Dr. Lulu. You have to spell out the word doctor. And my email is askdrlulu at gmail.com. You have to spell out the word doctor. That's about it. But generally I hang out on Facebook. I'm, I'm generally on Facebook a lot.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing. So I usually end my episodes with a little song recommendation because music has been a powerful source of healing in my own life. So I just want to ask, do you have a song that deeply resonates with you and your story?
1: It could be anything. I've never really thought about that. I I love music personally. (laughs) So it's hard (laughs) to pick a song, but Simply read Holding Back the Years is one of my favorite songs of all time. There's One More Night by Phil Collins. That's another song. Give Me the Green Light by John Legend, another song that I love. And those are songs that I love. As far as a song for my story, I really do not know because just as any normal human being, I, I'm multifaceted. So depending mm-hmm. on, the, on the time of my life or the, what's going on in my life, maybe there's a particular song for that time of my life. For now, I'm just very, very happy. I'm very content. I'm doing what I think I was put on this earth to do. And I'm very happy to do it. That's it for now, anyway.
0: I'm so happy you're doing it as well. You are spreading so much goodness. And it is a message that everyone needs to hear. And that's why I brought you on. So I really appreciate the work you're doing. And I appreciate your voice.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it for sure. I mean, the main thing is just for people to just know that there's help out there. I speak at schools. I speak at civic events. I speak virtually now because everyone is virtual. So if you need someone to, to speak to you guys about trauma in children or mental health challenges versus mental illness per se, right? Trauma does. It gives you mental health challenges. I speak about parenting. I'm a speaking coach. I'm a book writing coach, multifaceted. So depending on what you're needing, my website will definitely give you the information.
0: Awesome. So I will have those in the show notes below for anyone that wants to reach out and get connected with you. All right, that's all we have for you guys today. Thanks for listening and tune in next time. I hope this podcast left you feeling empowered, better understood, and less alone in this crazy thing called life. If you like what you hear, leave a rating or review and share it with your friends. Thanks for listening and tune in next time.